Thank you for joining us for Light on the Path, an ongoing conversation designed to encourage you from the Word of God as you walk with Him. Please take a moment to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd also love to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship at Eastside Baptist Church in Thomasville, Georgia. Be sure to see the show notes for more information and connect with us online at eastsidethomasville.org. Thanks again and enjoy the episode. Good morning, everyone. It is Monday morning, June 12th, and we are excited to be back with you to help you start off your week on the right foot. Uh, we did have a great day yesterday uh, in the Lord's house, and we're on week number three of our Seeking Him Summer Revival, and really appreciate what the Lord is doing uh, in our midst, and uh, even have some exciting things happening this week. I'll let Pastor Bill share in just a minute. My name is Sean Jacobs. I'm the senior pastor at Eastside Baptist Church. I'm joined today by Bill Warren, assistant pastor. And there are exciting things happening this week here at Eastside Baptist. As you listen to this this morning, Uh, Monday morning, we are on our way with our teens to the Wilds Christian Camp in Brevard, North Carolina. So as you listen, maybe say a prayer at 21, 22 teens and young people in a bus on our way to the mountains of North Carolina. So pray for safety as we drive and uh, settled stomachs as we climb the mountain. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That last, that last windy (laughs) road before you get there is, it's a doozy. (laughs) It's beautiful though. It is. Well, again, with this is if you were with us last week, this is part number two of God's providence, really looking at the life of Joseph. And I can't think of anybody else in in the Bible where we see God's providence. And just to be clear, God's providence within his sovereignty, God working throughout the circumstances of life, Uh, living in a broken world, using bad choices and good choices of humanity to continue to fulfill his purposes. And it's just a miracle and an amazement as you look in the Bible and see God tracing his hand through all all of this. And uh, it's just just amazing. Last week, we started with Joseph. He's 17 years old. Excuse me. Of course, he's sold into slavery by his brothers. I mean, just bad circumstance after bad circumstance. He ends up in Egypt and Potiphar's house, and then he ends up through another right choice. You know, not seeing any success yet, other than every single bad circumstance he comes in, he rises to the top of that. But now he makes the right decision in Potiphar's house. He rejects temptation. She twists the story around. He gets thrown in prison. He's in prison for two years. In those two years, he again rises to the top, and he meets... Uh, he's in the king's prison, if you remember, a specific prison, and that's so important because if he hadn't been there, he would not have met the butler and the baker. I don't know if he met the candlestick maker or not, but <laughs> he was in there, and he meets these two men. He's risen to the top now. He found favor, and he's in lead. He's in a leadership position there. He's, he's ministering to these guys. He comes in one day, and they're in a sour mood, you know, got the poochy lip disease, whatever, and and he asks him about it. He's just a caring guy. We see that all throughout his life. And they tell him, we had these dreams. And they tell him the dreams. And he, through God's providence, interprets the dreams. And one of them was not a good idea. Um, 
no, I'm sorry, not a good outcome. And that was the chief baker. You know, he told him, he says, listen, you're going to die. You're going to be hanged. But he said, the chief butler, not, not the opposite's going to happen to you. You're going to regain your position. You're going to be promoted again. And they absolutely happened. Okay. The, the baker was hanged. His judgment was called. He died. The chief butler was then promoted. And on his way at some point out of prison, Joseph, see a little bit of Joseph's <laughs> humanity here. Hey, don't forget me. Okay. Say something to Pharaoh. Mention me. But what happened, it says in, in Genesis chapter 40, verse 23, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. And isn't, isn't that just the case so many times when we um, experience these, these bad situations in life? It is interesting. This is maybe the first evidence of Joseph's humanity that we see in the story where he does kind of, he takes a swing at an opportunity that's in front of him to maybe better his situation or circumstances. But it's interesting to me, the only reason he was in the position to, to, to speak truth into the life of the butler was because it says it in Genesis chapter 40, verse 1, that he, he, was, he served, even in a position of authority within the prison, he served the butler and the baker. And so he has this heart um, that's not been hardened by the circumstances of life, uh, that proper yeah. understanding of, of God, the proper view of God, and in that proper view of God, a proper view of self, which allows him to serve the butter, butler and the baker, which then puts him in a position to, to have a, a relationship and to make this request that he makes. But again, just the, the evidence of a, a heart that's focused on God and not allowing circumstances to harden it, even though we would say, I would argue that he had every right to be a hardened person at this point. Um, just an interesting uh, sightline into Joseph's heart. Yeah, no, I, that's a great point. I mean, and we could be, again, talking about a totally different person mm -hmm. here. If at any of these ventures, any of these points in his life, if he had taken the other route and responded in a wrong way mm -hmm. and totally understandable as a human being, but it would have given totally different results as well, I believe. And uh, God's purposes would still be there, but the way God used Joseph or maybe lack of using him, would, that definitely would have been different. But he continues on, and it's now been two years. He's sitting in prison for two years. He didn't do anything. Matter of fact, he is the opposite of that. He was doing right, even in prison, serving others. And his get-out-of-jail-free car, that didn't work out. He's still sitting there. He's still rotting in the king's prison. And, and uh, we find out that Pharaoh now has a dream. And Pharaoh has this dream, and he's really troubled about it. And... He is somewhere uh, telling this dream or telling how troubled he was about the dream, and the chief butler hears about it. And I can just imagine, uh-oh, I forgot about Joseph. Hmm. You know, he's thinking back now, wait a minute, I know a guy that could help with this. He told me not to forget him, and I did. And he's probably at this point trying to make things right. And he tells Pharaoh, listen, I know a guy. He's in prison. He is an interpreter of dreams. He can, he can do this for you. And so Pharaoh immediately calls Joseph up from the prison. So he's Genesis 41. It, interesting, even looking at the hand of God in, in details again, had the, had the butler remembered Joseph when he first was released from prison and put back in service with the king? The butler goes to whoever he goes to and says, hey, I've got a guy in prison that's, not there, that's there for wrong reasons. A good man, let's see what we can do to get him released. And Joseph is released. He's not, he's not in a position to serve Pharaoh when Pharaoh has his dreams. So if, mm, if Joseph's attempt point. to manipulate and, and 
maybe reading into the story, but attempt to manipulate circumstances to get his own release two years earlier, had his timing worked, he wouldn't have been in a position to serve Pharaoh when God ultimately, so, so we see God's hand involved, yeah. even in the forgetfulness of the butler uh, before Pharaoh, God's hand still, still an evidence of him at work in that story. Wow. So as you're listening to this, I hope you're seeing the amazement that we're experiencing yes. as we're studying this passage. I mean, just time after time after time, God's providence, God working through all of this. And so now we have uh, Joseph before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said in, ver- in chapter 41, verse 15, Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I've dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph's answer, <laughs> just so classic of him. It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Again, what another opportunity to take credit, to manipulate the situation a little bit, to give himself out of prison. He doesn't even mention getting out of prison. He just goes right for uh, the needs of Pharaoh, looking out for the needs of others. He is continually proving himself to be a selfless young man. Hmm. And we see him, he's now, he's now 30 years old. It's been you know, over 13 years since he's sold into slavery. He still hasn't seen really um, total success. Now, he's had success in the bad circumstances, but he still doesn't have it as good as he did when he was 17. He's still in the ditch, so to speak, still not back with his family, still a slave, still under the authority of others that he never really needed to be. And, but here he is. And God is still working. In Genesis 41, Joseph interprets the dream for Pharaoh. And uh, if you know the story, you know that it was a, it was a dream that uh, involved there's going to be seven years of plenty, seven years of famine in the land of Egypt, as Joseph interprets it. And Pharaoh doesn't know what to do with this. And Joseph, Pharaoh asks Joseph, well, what, you know, what would you do? And so he gives him this plan. Well, here's what I'd do. I'd save all the food up for seven years store it in Egypt, and then there's going to be seven years of plenty. You'll have plenty of food. Uh, there's going to be people that are going to come. Other nations will depend on you. And wouldn't you know it, Pharaoh thought, wow, that's, I mean, that's really <laughs> smart. And he says in Genesis forty-one thirty-seven, the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? Well, I kind of think, you know, this is the guy I just pulled out of prison. Um, you know, he's going to have to prove himself. He's going to, you know, okay, I'll give him mercy, appreciate what he did. But he just, Joseph's attitude was so stellar, it literally lays flat any, any kind of skepticism uh, on the parts of other people. People just saw it in such a clear way of what uh, was happening in Joseph's life. And many times they attributed it to God here. Mm-hmm the Spirit of God, a man in whom the Spirit of God is. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God hath showed thee all this, Pharaoh, a heathen king, gives God the glory for what he did in Joseph there. There is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over all, over my house. And according unto thee shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. Wow, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> Hasn't been too long since he was the same spot in Potiphar's house now greatly magnified, he's doing the same thing over arguably the most influential and powerful country in the world at that time. Just an amazing, amazing thing. So we continue on. In uh, Joseph 40, uh, Joseph 42. (laughs) (laughs) New book. Genesis 42, yeah, that's a new book in there somewhere. (laughs) Genesis 42, 
we see that now when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, so dad comes back in the picture now. Israel, Jacob, same guy. Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, and Jacob said unto his sons, Why do you look one upon another? And he said, Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get you down thither, buy for us from thence, that we may live and not die. And Joseph's ten brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. So we're now, we're now seven years later, uh, approximately, maybe a little bit longer, uh, that now this seven years of plenty has come, and they did just that. They built up huge storage areas to store all the food in Egypt. And um, now we're into the seven years of famine. We don't know how long it's been in that, but now they're starting to feel the pinch. And Jacob's family outside of Egypt, even Joseph's family is running out of food. And the dad looks at it and says, listen, look, Egypt has tons of food. I want you to take some money, go to Egypt and buy food. Well, we would never would have guessed. Now, here comes the very people that sold him into slavery back to see Joseph. Joseph didn't even have to go seek to get vengeance on his brothers. They came to him, and they came rather humbly, actually. Joseph's ten brethren, in verse 3, went down to buy corn in Egypt. So they're, many of you know this account already, but they're sitting before Joseph. They come into, basically, his throne room, and they are bowing before him. He is so Egyptian in the way he looks, the way he dresses, the way he talks. They do not even recognize him as their little brother that they sold into slavery. And uh, they, they go through this trek, and we're not going to read it, so it's fascinating. The next three chapters, going up to uh, chapter 45, of he gives them food, he sends them back home, he ends up, really ends up paying for it all himself, but at the same time kind of tricking them a couple different times to try to bring his brother Benjamin back. Anyways, they go back and forth, and finally um, they come for the final presentation to Joseph here in Genesis 45. And they're before Joseph again, and Joseph said unto his brothers, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, uh-oh. <laughs> I can't even imagine what's going through their mind at this, this time. But it says, for they were troubled at his presence. Well, yeah, I would guess so. And Joseph says unto his brethren, come near to me, I pray you. Um, yeah, I'm thinking, no, I'm good right here. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll sit right here. And they came near and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourself that ye sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. Be not grieved nor angry with yourself. Mm. I mean, at this point, he could, I mean, to me, Pastor Bill, he could get vindication without actually doing anything wrong even. Just let them sit in their guilt for a little bit, you know? Simmer, let, yes. Yeah, let them just stew over this. <laughs> I'm going to let them kind of think through all the scenarios here. I mean, I'm, I know I'm not going to do anything to them, but they don't know that. And just kind of enjoy that moment, but he doesn't at all. He consoles them. He hmm. consoles them. Don't be grieved. Don't be upset. Don't be angry with yourselves. Uh, I know you sold me into slavery, but God did send me here. It wasn't you. You may have thought you did something evil and that was all your idea, but I'm just telling you, God sent me here and he sent me before you to preserve life. I think it's so neat that he's able to keep that perspective as he's, as he's confronting his brothers. He keeps that perspective of God's hand at work because what that does, I put myself in the place of the brothers and think about what they uh, are, are processing as they receive that information. Wait, we sold Joseph back in, in our homeland to a group of Midian traders 
Midian is not part of Egypt. It's, it's east of Egypt in biblical times. True. Different direction, different setting, different place. And yet somehow God has, has orchestrated an event that brings Joseph to the place of, of leadership. And Joseph gives credit to God in that point. He says, God planned this, God orchestrated this. So as they're tracing those steps, it blows up, it magnifies God as well. And so um, just the fact that he's able to keep that perspective through the tragic events of life um, helps him give a testimony that magnifies God. Yeah, no, amen. And even that last, uh, in chapter 45, verse 5, where he says, For God did send me before you to preserve life. So we, later on now, get to see a little clue of what God was doing there. God had shown that to Joseph now. Joseph realized, he looks back on his life. You know, we don't always get to see what God's doing in the moment. But there have been times, even in my own life, where I can look back and say, that's what God was doing. Man, it was rough when I was in it, confusing when I was in it. I even messed it up a little bit, but God was doing something there and so thankful to be on the other side of it. I don't, I don't know if he's totally on the other side of it yet, but it seems like he kind of is now. Mm-hmm. And he's looking back and recognizing what God has done. God's giving him some insight into that. And even we see insight into, the, into history here, that God was preserving life, not just of everybody in the land for seven years. Now they had food because of Joseph's wise decision, because of God giving that dream to Pharaoh, alerting Pharaoh that there was going to be seven years of famine or else they wouldn't have had all that grain stored up. Mm-hmm. And then God um, using Joseph to reveal that to Pharaoh and not just reveal the dream, but then what to do about the dream that culminated in now his own family, the future 12 tribes of Israel, God's chosen people being saved alive, God fulfilling his promise to Abraham back in Genesis 15 that through thee all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. You know, your, your seed would be as the stars in heaven. Well, actually, they could have been wiped out right here. And not so. Not so. Um, all God's providence working out his purposes. So we go through a few years here. Um, actually, more than a few. He goes from 39 as he moves his family into Egypt. Now he's 56 years old. And Pharaoh, of course, gave um, Jacob's children, the 12 tribes of Israel, gave him the land of Goshen. It was, a, it was a fruitful land in Egypt. They were experiencing the blessing of Joseph being in the position that he was in, and that's, that's really all they were experiencing the blessing because of. They didn't do anything. Matter of fact, they did the opposite. But because of one man who was following the Lord, allowing God to use him through all these very, very difficult circumstances, many, many people in his family were experiencing blessings because of that. Now Joseph, or sorry, Jacob, Israel has died. Joseph is 56 years old. He's still on the throne, still in charge. He brings his brethren um, back to him, or they come back to him. And it gives a little insight what they're thinking in Genesis 50, verse 15. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us of all the evil which we did unto him. I think that is really telling, Pastor Bill, of really their hearts, even Mm. to this point. They're still thinking that this would be the the real response Mm. here. This is not just what, I mean, we, we deserve this. Maybe they're thinking that, but they're definitely thinking, you know, as, as we were talking about in the show, the, pre, you know, the pre-show here, um, that they're thinking, well, that's what I would have done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. if I was in his position, I would be uh, doing this. So, man, we're scared at this point. And yeah. they bring Joseph, bring themselves before Joseph. And again, a similar scenario to back when they were 39, standing before Joseph. In Genesis 50, verse 19, And Joseph says unto them, Fear not, 
for am I in the place of God? He can tell they're afraid. He might even be able to tell what kind of what they're thinking here. You know, I doubt this is just stuff that they just came up with. You know, he could tell the relationships maybe wasn't even that different between them. I don't know. He says, am I in the place of God? You don't have anything to be afraid of. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. You may thought you did evil against me, and rightfully so, you did. But I'm just telling you that God meant it for good. God is going to bring to pass his purposes. Today we're experiencing it to save much people alive. And what was he saying? God saved you alive. God used your evil intentions and your bad decisions and your hatred towards me to save your life. And I don't know if Joseph was able to look back at what God promised Abraham. I don't know if he'd heard about that or not. I don't know. But it's interesting that he speaks in such similar ways to what God had already promised and what God was already doing. Um, Just an amazing, an amazing story. It just kind of echoes what I see in Isaiah 14, 27. For the Lord of hosts hath purposed, who shall disannul it? And his hand is stretched out, who shall turn it back? And it just reminds me again, Pastor Bill, that I need to get on God's program. I, not, I don't need to be so concerned about all of my circumstances and situations. I just need to follow the Lord. I need to trust the Lord. I need to obey the Lord. And if I'm doing that, I can trust that, you know what, as his child, we're going to talk about this next week, I think we're talking mm-hmm. about the shepherd. He's my shepherd. He's in control of what's going on. I can trust him to be leading me through, even when it's difficult. Mm-hmm. And I just think of those difficult circumstances almost even though we would expect during the difficulty that that's when we lie low, that that's when we're not really shining for God, but that's when God gets the most glory. Yeah. When in the face of difficulty, other people can see that he was with us. Well, how did, how did they see that? They could tell by his attitude, the way he was acting. Maybe he was even talking about the Lord. It was just evident to other people. And that's when people see Jesus the most. Yeah. It really is. Well, it's been, uh, it's been great. Thank you, Pastor Bill, for being with me. I know at this point, June 12th, they are on their way to camp, and they'll be there sometime tonight. They normally arrive about 4, about four o'clock in the afternoon. I think they're right in the middle of check-in. They'll have their first service tonight at 7 p.m. at the Wilds. And I believe Pastor Skelly actually is the preacher this week. Yes. Really, really enjoy his ministry, and he's an expository preacher, and we've really gained a lot of wisdom and uh, help from him as well. So looking forward to being with you next week. It'll be the day after Father's Day. And I hope you're getting ready to celebrate the dad that you have or being a good dad or taking a step up in those areas. Don't forget good ways to celebrate our God and the patterns that he has put on this earth, specifically this coming weekend, fatherhood. Well, have a great day. Hope you all have a wonderful week in the Lord and hope this has been a challenge and an encouragement to you. We'll see you next week.